Welcome to How to Talk to Kids About Anything with Dr. Robin Silverman, a podcast loaded with practical tips, powerful scripts, personal stories, and simple steps to make even the toughest conversations easier. So get ready to get the information you need to make the impact you want from someone you trust, your friend, parenting expert, Dr. Robin Silverman. Hello and welcome to How to Talk to Kids About Anything, where we give you the tips, scripts, stories, and steps to make even the toughest conversations easier. I'm so honored to be your host, Dr. Robin Silverman, child and teen development specialist, author, and speaker, and most importantly, parent of two great kids who give me the opportunity to love, learn, and grow every single day, whether I want to or not. Believe me, I get it. It's not always easy, but we're in this together, and we have some great people helping us along the way. Military families face many unique challenges, from long family separations and shifted responsibilities in the household to frequent moving, injuries, and sadly, sometimes grief and loss. That means that being a child in a military family means a great deal of adjustment to frequent change, as well as a host of undulating emotions that come from deployment, reunions, the unknowns, and the new normal. How do we talk to military kids about the unique challenges that they face? And how do we answer the questions from kids who are not in military families about how to support and understand their military friends who may not always be on sure footing? Dr. Julie Kinn is a licensed clinical psychologist with over 15 years of experience researching and implementing health technology. At the Department of Defense and the Defense Health Agency, Kin oversees the department and implementation of health technology for the military and veteran communities. She also initiated the Military Health Podcast Program and produces and hosts three Department of Defense podcasts, A Better Night's Sleep, The Military Meditation Coach, and Next Generation Behavioral Health. Dr. Kin, through the Department of Defense, is responsible for two mobile apps with Sesame Street, Sesame Street's Big Moving Adventure and Breathe, Think, Do. Big Moving Adventure was made to help kids cope with moving in general, but was also specifically there to help the children of military families who have to move constantly. Dr. Kin's overall mission is to promote behavioral health for veterans and their families, which includes promoting behavioral health in their communities as well. I want to welcome you, Dr. Julie Kin, to How to Talk to Kids About Anything. Thank you so much. It is a pleasure to be here, Dr. Silverman. And please feel free to call me Julie. Great. Well, Julie, I'm really excited to get into all of this. But before we get into the bulk of the interview, can you tell us what gets you up in the morning and what got you so interested in helping military families and children in military families cope better with the challenges that come with military life? Well, I have the best job in the world, so it's really easy to motivate myself to get out of bed. Uh, Also, the dogs and children help with that (laughs) part, too. But I get to spend every day knowing, well, first of all, going to Joint Base Lewis-McChord is inspiring in its own. It's in the beautiful Pacific Northwest here in Tacoma, Washington, so that's always exciting. But Our team gets to look at all the different ways people are using technology and then think creatively about, okay, we know people are using mobile apps. We know people are listening to podcasts and going online and going to websites and using wearables. How can we leverage that to help them with their health? So every time there's a new technology that comes out, that's always the first question we ask. Okay, all of our service members right now are using their mobile phones to help them wake up in the morning, right? I'm sure most of your listeners didn't use an actual alarm clock. They Mm. probably had their cell phone right next to them. And that means that the very first thing in the morning that we're interacting with, aside from the kids and dogs, of course, is that mobile phone. Mm. So it just presents this really nice opportunity. How can we use this to help improve health? for our service members, for our veterans, and for their families. And although I know we're talking about kids today and we don't want kids to be on their screens 24 hours a day, 
we certainly know that kids are using these mobile devices and computers as well. It's just part of our life. So how can we use that to help with health, with behavioral health, mental health, with sleep, with nutrition, with exercise, getting out there, and also helping kids feel part of a military community so they know they're not alone. Mm, What a really interesting idea. Can you tell us how using some of the apps with the children specifically can help them connect with their military family, even when they're not able to see them uh, right across the table from themselves? Oh, absolutely. You know, one of our, our best products is called Military Kids Connect. It's a website that's available on mobile devices as well. And the way we went about making this website a few years ago was we sat down with a ton of military kids and just talked to them about what's your life like? What have been the hardest things? What would you like help with? And, and we found a few main findings. One was that there are so many military moves, right? All of our listeners who've been part of the military or were military brats themselves uh, know that moving is part of military life. And that's always tough for civilian kids as well. But our military kids really know this. Another thing was just anxiety of wondering, what is mom doing? What is dad doing? Now that goes for foreign deployments, but even just during day-to-day mission as well. There, there's always a little sense of anxiety and, and worry that goes with our military kids. And the third thing was a lack of community. Our military kids move and sometimes they go to new schools where the teachers, the other students don't really understand what it's like to be a military kid. This is especially true for the kids of our reservists um, who are National Guard who might be in a school not near a military installation where they are one of just a few military kids. So we wanted to help kids be able to connect to each other feel like they're part of this greater mission, and also be able to help their educators and parents. So Military Kids Connect is not just a resource for kids. It's also a resource for all the grown-ups around those kids. And we've got different activities that, that the kids requested, like games and helping them understand their stress. But a couple things that are really unique. One is we have message boards. Now, all of us are security minded, of course, especially in the Department of Defense. So everything is very safe and pre-moderated. But here's an opportunity for military kids to ask each other anything and get support. So as you can imagine, a lot of the questions we see are about music or movies or with the new Avengers movie coming out. That's very timely. But a lot of the questions are about, uh, hey, I'm moving. What, has anyone been to this base? What, what's fun to do there? Or, oh, my dad's getting deployed again. I hate this. And then you see the responses from the other military kids like, mm-hmm. yeah, but at least, you know, he's going out there to help people. Mm-hmm. Or, oh, yeah, I've been to that base. It's not bad. There's a really good skate park. Mm-hmm. And of course, with the U as just the letter U. So you have to imagine it in kids speak. But it's this really powerful connection that helps the kids know they're part of this bigger community and also giving each other help with resources. Mm. There's one more really unique aspect to Military Kids Connect that I think especially is especially important if we have any behavioral health providers or teachers listening, because there is this section called Tough Topics, and I've never seen anything else like this on the internet. I am hoping to see more like this, but what it is is a section that really dives into what it's like to have a parent with post-traumatic stress, traumatic brain injury, a parent with a severe physical injury, or when a parent has died. And so helping kids with grief and loss and understanding, what we did was we have these little mini documentaries that are a minute or less of real military kids talking about their own experiences and what they did to help themselves feel better. We also have these really incredible interactive graphic novels, or I'm sorry, animated graphic novels that are basically like little cartoons that go through a child's experience having a parent, for example, with post-traumatic stress. 
So, for example, you see Josh's story. And in it, Josh, and it's a, a cartoon. It's very approachable. You see Josh talking about his dad coming home from deployment. And just like other times, they go camping. They spend a pizza night together. They have game night. But somehow this deployment was different. And it talks about how Josh discovers his dad had post-traumatic stress disorder and how the family sought treatment. And what's really neat about these is at the end, it's not balloons and parties and confetti and everything's great. It's, hey, things got better. And this is how it got better. We got treatment. This is what the treatment looked like. This is what our family did to help our dad and help each other. It's very realistic, again, based on our interviews with real military kids, but it's also approachable and hopeful. Mm. And it helps our kids, of course, but it's also so important for the caregivers and the adults around them, in part because it, it tells them some nice, helpful messaging, because we don't always know what to say, right? Mm -hmm. But the other thing is it helps with the right words to say. Uh, you know, it just gives a vocabulary for how can I talk about this in a healthy, productive way. So it doesn't just educate the kids. It, it really is a service to the parents and other caregivers as well. Sounds like a great resource. I'm all about trying to figure out the best ways to talk to kids about difficult topics. That's exactly what we like to do over here. And you've said a couple of things that stuck in my head, and I want to delve in a bit deeper because you talked about different stressors for these children, whether it's deployment or uh, moving, relocation, uh, anxiety just over what's going on with my parents. Well, let's talk about one of the move the one of the things that you said was a stressor, which is moving. And and since you worked on Sesame Street's Big Moving Adventure app that can help military families who move around, this is definitely something that you are passionate about. So for the children and the families, what challenges do you hear and find come with moving? And how can we help children and military families feel better as they relocate? Sure. It's such a pressing question. And I, I, I hear this one all the time. And I feel it too. I, I know my own kids often express anxiety about, hey, are, are we going to have to move? Are we going to have to move? So even when we're not moving, that's still an anxiety they have. It's it's mm -hmm. a tough one. Mm -hmm. I think this goes for civilian kids as well. And so let's just start with that. And then we'll get into the added military part on top of it. So for any kid moving at any age is difficult. It's fun for sure. There's always a little bit of excitement about moving. Well, I guess depending on the location, mm -hmm. I, I won't downplay any geographic areas. But, you know, there, there's certainly some good things about moving. But for any civilian kid, moving means leaving your friends, leaving your teachers, leaving your grocery store, mm. leaving that park that you really like going to. It's always scary. And it's always a, not just the grief of losing that, but also wondering what comes next. Our kids in general are pretty creative. And unfortunately, part of that creativity includes worst case scenarios, right? Mm -hmm. uh, especially if you have a kid who's a little bit on the anxious side, they are very good at coming up with, they're good at borrowing the worry, right? Are you mm -hmm. familiar with that expression? Uh, yeah. You, you know, they're, they're good at thinking about, oh, what if everyone is mean to me? Yes. Or what if I don't have the right shoes? What if there's no fun kids in the neighborhood? You know, that there's a lot of anxiety there. Mm. Uh, I, I know as an adult, I have that anxiety mm. too. But for kids, especially being a little bit powerless in this situation, it's especially so. Right. So then let's add on top of that the difficulty of being a military kid. For some military service members, they need to have a permanent change of station up to every three years. So that means these military kids, for some of them, not every kid moves as often as their parents do, but for some of them, they've just gotten settled into their previous location. Yeah, three years is not a long time. It might seem like a long time to your eight-year-old, of course, but for a 15, 16-year-old, they have finally settled in and maybe made friends, found their comfort zone, found their, their squad, right? I'll use a youthful term there, found their squad. Yes. <laughs> and now <laughs> and now they've, they've got to move again. So that, and then knowing, okay, well, how long are we going to be here? That's always a little tricky too. And at this new school, are they going to understand what it's like to be a military kid? Are they going to ask me awkward questions about my mom or my dad? 
that's another thing that our military kids have to deal with too is the weird questions from civilians Mm. like oh has your dad ever killed anyone that's not a fun question but that's a question that unfortunately our service members also get asked by civilians and the kind of thing our military kids have to face so moving is always tough no matter how resilient a kid is it's difficult Mm. but we also have some really great things going on our military kids are exceptionally resilient. They tend to just have really good outcomes with these moves. The kids are incredible. They have strong parents who understand the mission and and that mission comes down to the kids too. And the kids realize, okay, this is helping with the greater good. Mm -hmm. So it's not just moving because my mom got transferred to a new company. Uh, It's moving because my mom is going to be helping the United States. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a lot of strength in that. So part of what we do is try to help the kids identify that. But I don't want to say, again, it's all balloons and confetti because it is tough. Even if you're moving to the most beautiful location and you already know a couple of people there, it's difficult for Mm -hmm. sure. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes. I, it does sound like it's difficult and you know, I, I'm, I'm guessing that the people who are already stationed at wherever the person is going are used to new people coming in and, and help other people settle in. What would be your message to the the people who are listening who have maybe new kids coming in to the area because the of a military relocation about just just a quick tip or two about how we can help somebody feel more at home when they are moving to a new location and don't really know anyone yeah i think That's such a good question. And it's a very thoughtful question because we don't want to overwhelm them with too many things right away. Right. right? No parade, you know, no, like, hello, you're new. Wear this special shirt that puts arrows on yourself. Exactly. And it feels like that, right? When you're the new kid. Oh my goodness. It's such a hard thing. Um, You know, I, I talked to a military family recently who they moved to a new location and not only were they the new kids, and the new military kids, they also came from a completely different cultural and ethnic background. So there's, you know, other things on layers on top of layers. You know, I'd say the biggest tip is not everyone copes the same way, Mm -hmm. right? Some people wear their emotions on their sleeve and you can tell when they're having a difficult time and others don't. Some people might want that parade. In fact, I know for sure there's people out there who would love a ticker tape parade when they move to any place. And others just want to blend in. Mm. So our military kids are not uniformly the same level of extroversion, Mm -hmm. introversion, Mm -hmm. right? Just like any kid, they're going to have their own thing. I think the biggest tip is help them find something that they can do in addition to school. Help them find that activity. It could be a religious group. It could be a church group. It could be a choir. It could be a band. It could be Dungeons and Dragons. It could be, you know, the geeky kids in the back reading comics. It it doesn't matter. Find that thing. Find that art class. Find that extra activity or that language that maybe they started learning how to speak when they were in launch stool with their parents in Mm -hmm. Germany. Mm -hmm. You know, help them tap into that and find their group. Having just a couple social connections gives them that social capital, right? Mm -hmm. And once we start feeling like, okay, I've got a few people I can depend on. It gives us the strength. It's like planting your feet in the ground and then helping you reach out a little bit more. Mm. So find at least one group of kids. They don't need to be their best friends for the next 10 years, but at least one group of kids to feel solidly connected to. And then that gives them the strength to help reaching out to others. It's a tip for civilian kids as well, of course. I think so. I think so. And so what I hear you saying is that we need to find and ask them, you know, what kind of things would make you feel more at home? Like, what do you love to do? And by finding the thing, whether it's hockey or it's art or it's reading or chess, that they are able to then be connected with the kids who have some similar interests and that can help them to feel a little bit more grounded. Absolutely. Okay. All right. So let's move on to another topic that is related to military families very specifically. And I'd love to just focus on deployment. So how do we 
help our kids and how do we help our military families plan and prepare for deployment? What is first the impact of deployment on our families and kids? And how can we then be supportive as teachers, as educators, as community members, as parents of the children as they're coping, as as their parent is leaving? You know, one thing I'd like for our non-military community folks to know is that not every deployment is to a war zone. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll speak for myself as a civilian. I am not a veteran. And when I came into working with the Department of Defense, I will admit I knew very little about what it's like to really be in a military family. And when I thought about deployment, I just envisioned Operation Enduring Freedom and mm. Operation Iraqi Freedom. And maybe now Operation New Dawn, right? I, that's the only kind of deployment I knew about. Now I realize there are so many kinds of deployments. Foreign deployments, there's many, many locations where we are around the world supporting the mission, helping people, helping other militaries, helping improve health outcomes, a a whole range of things that the United States military does where your kids' parents might be. But also there's deployments here within the United States. Uh, Sometimes a parent is sent away for a few months to do a training mission that could be really essential to help him or her complete the mission back in their installation later on or improve their own career. Sometimes a parent is separated for just a a few weeks, but that still can be tough too. Mm -hmm. So I think that's really important. You know, I'll refer everybody back to Military Kids Connect because there is a section on there for educators that I think can be really useful. Another uh, nice resource for folks to know about is called Centers for Deployment Psychology. Uh, It's a part of the Uniformed Services University for the Health Sciences, and they have a lot of great Military 101 type materials that could be really useful if any of your listeners are providers who are seeing military kids and military families, but might not be so familiar with the military culture. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I can, I'm absolutely happy to help you get links for your show notes. Like absolutely. Absolutely. So, yes. So uh, understanding what deployment can mean and first, just not having <laughs> those assumptions. Mm-hmm. There's so many different specialties aside from just infantry too. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was another uh, common misunderstanding of just uh, what is your parent doing over there? That said, any deployment is difficult, whether it's here, CONUS, continental United States, or OCONUS outside the continental United States. So helping the kid with any kind of separation from a caregiver, but also helping find ways to support the caregiver who stays here. That is a tough amount of work, right? Mm -hmm. You are all of a sudden uh, probably still working, maintaining everything else, but on their own. Mm -hmm. So being able to help that spouse or a partner who stays home or the grandparents or whoever it is can be really essential as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. So... One of the, I I really appreciate you telling us a little bit more about deployments. And when a child has a parent who is away, whether it's in the United States or outside of the United States, and they have one parent at home and it may feel a little bit more uh, strained and difficult uh, because that person is absent, So how is it that we can help these kids to cope when the parent is away? What would be maybe two or three things that we can do to help them feel more comfortable and stay in routine? So, you know, there's a couple things. One is just a a fun little tip, which is a, a tradition that one of our military families likes where they fill a jar with one piece of candy or like one jelly bean or one M&M for every day that the parent is going to be away. And then every day they go to that jar and eat one of the pieces of candy. And it's just a really nice concrete way to help the child understand because time is difficult, especially Mm -hmm. when we're talking about little kids, Mm -hmm. you know, a, a month versus six months versus a week, that is a really difficult thing to conceptualize. Mm -hmm. So just depending on the age of the kid, that's Mm -hmm. a technique I I really like. 
Um, and also it's a way of not just saying, oh, ignore them, don't worry about it. We want to acknowledge, no, it's tough having mom or dad away. Mm -hmm. And it's okay to talk about it. It's okay to think about it. We don't need to process our emotions deeply every single day if that's not what the kid wants to do. But it, it's a nice tradition that helps save some time to think about that parent who's not there, to acknowledge them, acknowledge their absence. And it's a door opening to that child and what the child is experiencing. Mm -hmm. So there's other tips like that on Military Kids Connect. Mm -hmm. But the, the other tip I'd like to offer is just a very, very, very simple thing, which is breathing. So a lot of our kids, as I mentioned, when they're dealing with deployed parents, feel anxiety. That's one of the biggest health outcomes that we're aware of uh, for our military kids. And deep breathing, diaphragmatic breathing, is such a great lifelong skill that being able to stop, think about what's going on, breathe, slow down that fight or flight instinct, that autonomic nervous system response, and then act is a really powerful, powerful mechanism to control anxiety. That's part of the thinking behind the Breathe, Think, Do app that mm -hmm. we made with Sesame Street. Mm -hmm. What the app does is it helps the children, and, and it is a Sesame Street app, so it's mm -hmm. meant for those younger kids. It helps the child uh, train a monster. So there's this monster in the app, and the monster has some problems because when he is waiting for his turn on the slide, he gets very frustrated. Or when he has to tie his shoes, he gets really angry. So the app helps the child teach the monster how to breathe, in and out, just diaphragmatic breathing, then think about the situation, and then act. So this app is doing a couple interesting things. One, of course, it's teaching the kids diaphragmatic breathing. It's also teaching them that this is normal. It's normal to have these worried feelings. It's normal to feel frustrated. But the grown-ups helping the child with the app are also learning the diaphragmatic breathing. So, or the older brother or sister who's sitting down with the kid while they're using the app is also learning this lifelong skill that can help us in the moment, help us make better decisions, help us manage our anxiety while a parent is deployed, or just help us manage our anxiety while we're waiting for the slide and feeling very frustrated. So I love the app for that reason. You know, another app I kind of skipped over a little bit before was the Big Moving Adventure, which I know you mentioned at the beginning of the episode. Mm -hmm. But if it's okay, I'd love to jump into that one again, sure. too. Sure, sure. Because what that app does is, again, it features our wonderful Sesame Street monsters, our furry friends. In that app, you get to design your own Muppet, right? So you get to make your monster look however you want him or her, design their fur, their eyes, their smile, which is, I have to admit, the best part of the app and the part that my kids fight over. So it's a really fun app for civilians, too, and kids who aren't moving. But anyway, you design your own monster, and then you help the monster move from one installation to the other. And you take the monster through all these different activities. For example, packing up all their toys and books from their room and picking one or two special things that they're going to keep with them in their arms during the trip and the rest that go into the box. Saying goodbye to their friends at their old installation, moving, and then decorating their new room at their new home and greeting people at their new installation. Mm -hmm. So walking them through logically through the actual steps of what's going to happen. We don't need to pull our pinches. We can tell them exactly what's going to happen. We can prepare them beforehand, whether it's a move or a parent deploying while the child stays and not giving them unrealistic expectations of, oh, everything's going to be fine. You're going to love it. You're going to make just as good of friends as you had here. Don't mm -hmm. worry. It's going to be great. I and mean, that, that comes across false to our children mm -hmm. because they know, well, but I like my friends here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're probably going to make good friends. They're going to be different. They're still going to be great. And we can still write to these old friends. We don't want to not acknowledge the loss that they're experiencing in an effort to help them feel better in the moment. Mm -hmm. Kids have a pretty good detector for, for that kind of shenanigans. Right. They, they know when we're not telling the truth. Right. So it's good to be honest, but also help them find ways to support themselves. So Breathe, Think, Do is just an all-around great app and also the big moving adventure. Okay. Those are for younger kids, though. 
With with the slightly older kids, the app I really love to talk about is the Virtual Hope Box. And this is one that helps the parents as well when they're going on deployment. Virtual Hope Box is a way to change a mobile device into a memory catcher, essentially. It helps us remember all the great things that are going on. You can put in your favorite videos from YouTube of pandas goofing around. You can put in your favorite pictures of you and your parents hanging out together or just a silly thing you saw online that made you smile. Put in the favorite music that automatically lifts moods. It also has really nice quotes, inspirational messages, little games to distract ourselves. Also, that deep breathing again, that diaphragmatic breathing to slow down the fight or flight response. And and other tools like that to help us relax in the moment. There's some guided meditations. And what this does is it gives them a support tool that's going to be available at the ready. You Mm -hmm. set it up on a good day, and then when there's a bad day, the kid has it available. It's on their mobile device wherever they are. They can open it up and instantly see the pictures that make them feel happy, the videos, they can hear an audio clip of their parents, and it's safe and secure. The data's not going anywhere. It's a fantastic app. I love it. All right. Very futuristic. I like the idea of being able to compile some of the things that make you feel happy. And even if you're not somebody who is using an app, that the idea of of putting things together that make you feel happy on a day when you're feeling sad and being able to pull those things out is a, a great tip for anybody um, so that they can remember the good times. So, okay, so let's focus then on the military family homecomings. And the reason why I mention that is because I have a friend who moved to a, a new base about a, a year ago, and she used to talk to me about when her husband would come home from deployment that it would it was really great but it would shake things up a lot and the kids were it wasn't all roses and and balloons it was of some frustration some a lot of shaking free of what was the typical uh, routine it can bring on a lot of different feelings and when the parent hasn't been there they haven't been part of the routine, as I said, or the disciplinary team, it can be tough on the whole family when they're back home. So the person might be dealing with their own challenges as they're coming back. They they also might be feeling anxious or, or nervous about, you know, especially if they've been away for a while. So how do we help prepare children for homecomings and how can we help readjustment and reconnection to happen with the family? You know, I think reasonable expectations is such a big part of that. Mm -hmm. We want to have the the beautiful vision of this is how it's going to work out. Someone's going to come home. We're going to fly into each other's arms like we're a beautiful movie on Mm -hmm. TV. And everything's going to be just happy, happy. The kids also have their own expectations of immediately we're going out for ice cream, ice cream for dinner, you know, (laughs) for, for the next week. Um, and the service member coming home probably has their own realist or unrealistic vision of, I get to take a nap. I get to have the long, hot showers. No one's going to need anything from me. But we all are putting all these demands on each other. So planning, planning out the, uh, the next few days with very, very low expectations, I think, is, is really essential. Each person, one activity that could be nice is each person picks one thing that's really important for them each day. So for the youngest member of the family, it could be, I want mom to sit down and do Mad Libs with me. I love Mm -hmm. doing Mad Libs, and I really miss doing that with her. Mm -hmm. For the partner who stayed home, he might say, I want to have 20 minutes alone of uninterrupted conversation, Uh (laughs) just you and me. Uh, For an older child, it might be, I want to show you what I've done on this video game while you've been away. Mm -hmm. You know, it could be little things. It could be big things. could just be, here's the food I've been missing. Let's eat this together. Mm -hmm. And then acknowledging that, okay, yeah, it's just Mad Libs, but that's important. Mm 
can be really helpful because then they get that sense of, okay, my needs are important too. I'm being listened to. And hey, we did it. We did that Mad Libs. And if the child makes a lot of demands, which they might want to do, being able to put it in context of, you know, we're all just picking one thing to start with. If you've got more things on your list, we'll put that on Tuesday. But for Monday, we're going to do Mad Libs, and then all together, we're going to do this and this and this. Mm. It might just be, honey, I'm coming home. I want a nap. I want to take a nap where I can sleep as long as I want, and no one's going to need anything from me. And that might be counter to what everyone else wants. So mm-hmm. that's a tricky thing. But Having those reasonable expectations, I think, is a good tip Mm. for for any relationship. Mm. Very good point. And it's so good for everybody to know that each person has their own expectations and each person wants different things. And when we talk about it in advance, then it's going to help with easing the frustration when a child might say, but I wanted to do this now. And remember, daddy said he really needs to take a nap. You know, that was, we knew this in advance so that they're prepared. So I think that's a great idea. An area of great sensitivity is when a parent who is away on military assignment gets injured. And the injury could impact the parent's physical body, the ability to walk or use a hand, for instance, but it also can be emotional, like, as you were saying, post-traumatic stress disorder, um, or it can be even a combination of physical and emotional injury. And this can be very tough on a child as well as on parents. These injuries may lead to a lot of rehabilitation, trips to the doctor. It could lead to an acceptance that things will never be the same. And it may lead to more questions than answers. So how can we talk to kids about these injuries and give us, give us the words? How can we assist our kids in accepting the new version of every day or the new normal? I love this question. And I love how you said, give us the words. I, I think one thing that'll be obvious to all the listeners is that those words have to differ depending mm-hmm. on the age of the child, mm-hmm. of course. But I'll go back to what I said before, that our kids are pretty good at detecting shenanigans. Mm-hmm. They know when we're not telling the truth and they want to know the real story. Also, I'll go back to when I said they're creative and unfortunately that creativity can lead to the worst case mm-hmm. scenarios. Mm-hmm. So sometimes if we hide things, if we use euphemisms, mm-hmm. if we say, oh, dad's just dad's just having some problems with the back, but you know how that is, it'll get better. That's mm-hmm. not specific. That doesn't tell us what's going on. Mm-hmm. Does dad need to have surgery? Is dad just visiting the doctor? Or is dad really going to the doctor mm-hmm. to, to have a surgery? Those are two very different things. So I, part of it is just maintaining that trust, that trusting relationship with the kids that I, I might not use the same words for a teenager as I was a preschooler, but I'm going to tell you what's happening. I think it's really important when we can, not hiding it, because then when we have other important messages down the way, they're going to believe us and they're not going to make up their own story of what they think is happening, mm-hmm. which usually, again, is much worse than reality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, also, back to those reasonable expectations, but also finding a way for the child to help. Kids don't like standing by helplessly. Mm. Our our children, our military kids are incredibly resilient, but they also want to be part of the mission. And the mission might be help mom get better, right? So giving them an active role instead of just that passive, very uncomfortable standing by is so important. No one wants to be helpless. And for children, it's especially so because they are so powerless often. Uh, They're powerless in not being able to help improve the health, uh, get the dad to the doctor. So let's take the example of chronic pain. Uh, For example, that's that's something that I think a lot of our civilian listeners can relate to Mm -hmm. well. Chronic pain is really common in our military population and for our veterans. Uh, And it's one of those areas where a kid, at first glance, might not seem like they have a good role with it. But with chronic pain, we we talk about helping the child understand that sometimes a a parent's going to have a flare-up, that their pain is really not going to be very good. But coming up in advance with ways that the child can help. So, for example... Uh, For someone who does have chronic pain, 
one of the techniques we like to use to manage flare-ups is helping them track the pain threshold so that when the pain becomes too much, they stop an activity. So for example, let's say you are on a walk to outside. The parent could say to the kid, you know what, I feel like I'm starting to have a flare-up. Can you help me time this? Let's let's time this for 10 minutes and see what my pain level's at in 10 minutes. And at 10 minutes, if I'm not feeling better, I, I think we should stop and you can help me with some breathing and then we'll return home. Now, that's a couple things that are happening there. One, the parents being very clear and overt with what they're experiencing. Two, they're giving the child a role in their own wellness, helping the child feel like they're an active participant. But three, the parent and the child together can do some deep breathing. And again, that deep breathing, I know it's such a simple thing, but it is really a lifelong skill to help in a whole variety of situations. We don't want to make the child feel responsible. If the child is saying, uh, no thanks, actually, I was on the way to a friend's house or to do my homework, that's okay. We, we don't want our kids to feel like they're responsible for our health. But it's also great for when they're in the mood to give them a way to help us in the moment so that they can feel like they're part of a positive change rather than a hopeless bystander. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, excellent tip. And I think that's great for anybody when kids are feeling like they are part of something, that they feel like they're part of the solution, they can feel very grown up, they can feel responsible, they can feel connected, and they know that nothing is being hidden from them and that there is a step that they can take to make things just a little bit better. So that's a great thing for kids. Now, of course, the worst possible scenario for military families is when they lose somebody. And I want to know from you, as we've talked to, to many people about how to talk to kids about death and dying, but for this particular type of situation where a, a child uh, loses somebody when they've been on deployment, what do we say to a child when someone dies in the military and how do we help them through their grief while the parents and the people around them are dealing with their own grief? This is a difficult question, of course, and it's one I wish we didn't have to discuss, but but it's an important one, not just for our military kids. Of course, children lose parents in civilian life as well. And it's never easy, and it's different for every single family. Every single kid within that family is going to experience it differently as well. As you mentioned, it's not just the kids who are dealing with this. It's, it's everyone around them. It's the community. It's the team. Uh, it's the other parents in that relationship, the grandparents, everybody can feel that grief and it doesn't go away quickly. We have to manage expectations for those kids, understanding that helping them know the details they need to know are important, but it's also okay to not tell every single detail if it's something that's going to cause additional nightmares or trauma. I do want to emphasize that our kids are aware of these risks. It's not a completely unfamiliar topic. I think they probably think about it quite a bit. That doesn't make it easy. Uh, in fact, no matter how much worry we borrow, when a bad thing happens, we, we still experience sadness. So with any child, whether they're military or civilian, helping them process their grief in multiple ways is gonna be important because there's not just one way to feel sadness. There's not one way to feel the devastation of losing a parent. For some kids, this is where being part of a faith community is so helpful. For other kids, that's not the solution and that's not gonna be a big help. Being able to try multiple things to see what works for each individual child is gonna be really important. Also, recognizing that children demonstrate their emotions in many different ways. Uh, children might feel like, well, I need to cry in order to show I'm sad. Or, alternatively, I can't cry, I need to show I'm strong. 
So helping children understand that there's no one right way to feel, to show that feeling, and that those feelings can change across time. Also, let's think a year down the road, two years, three years, our kids are still feeling that loss, especially as new new huge landmarks happen in their lives, new milestones. Uh, A graduation, for example, is a very happy time for kids. But even if it's a few years after losing a parent, a thought that goes through that child's head might be, I wish mom were here. Mm -hmm. I wish dad were here. I wish grandma were here. And remembering that even very happy occasions can bring up those emotions is important. And also allowing the child to understand that's okay. It's it's not a bad thing. You don't have to put on a smile just because it's your graduation if in this moment you want to remember mom or dad. And so finding a way for them to honor mom and dad in, in many different aspects of their life can be so important because it, it gives them that space and that time to think about it very deliberately. But again, th- there are no one set of correct words. I'd encourage your listeners to go to Military Kids Connect and and watch some of the materials on tough topics. Uh, you know, you're hearing this from me. I'm a grown-up. But hearing it from the kids themselves who've experienced the loss of a parent while on deployment or as part of military training, that's a really unique experience. Grab your tissues. Grab mm-hmm. your tissues when you listen to these. But it's important. It's important to hear it from the kids. Uh, some of them are talking about it pretty fresh, you know, uh, maybe a year out and some several years out. But hearing what helped them in the moment and how they're still coping is important. But we all know uh, losing somebody we love, it's a loss we feel for our our whole lives. Mm -hmm. Thank you for bringing that up. And uh, I I really like what you're saying about just putting high beams on the fact that even happy occasions can have some sadness involved, that the emotions can be many at the same time, and that we can allow our children to feel what they feel, give them permission and and, and say this is normal to feel what you feel when you have had a loss of a parent or a sibling or a grandparent and that you're celebrating a happy occasion, but that doesn't mean that it's completely happy through and through. So thank you for that. That's it's such an important point for us to, to remember. Now give us your top tip. What is your top tip, your top takeaway when it comes to being able to support our children who are in military families? I think humor is really, really important. So I read this great study that talked about uh, how when families come together, they they tested a couple different things. One was they had folks think about, okay, well, what was the first time we met? Or what was uh, a romantic thing that happened between mom and dad? And, you know, talking about those experiences were helpful for making everyone feel happy. But Talking about a time when everyone laughed together made them feel even happier Mm. and even better about their relationship. Mm. Um, And and I think that can extrapolate not just for romantic partners, but for an entire family. Being able to focus on the moments where you all laugh together. Mm. Not laughing at someone, Mm -hmm. but laughing together. And it could be a ridiculous thing. Like, remember when I said that silly thing by accident and we all laughed? Or remember when the dogs did that weird Mm -hmm. thing? Or remember that movie we saw together? Mm-hmm. Making a note of the moments where family laughs together and then reliving them together is a free, cheap, and easy way to raise everybody's mood. Mm-hmm. What, one of the things I like to do is when they, my kids say ridiculous things, I, I write it down and mostly I just share it on social media for their grandparents to see. But, but I, I keep a note of it. And my kids love going through those with me a couple years down the road. Mm -hmm. Because, of course, as they get older, they see more of the humor and the ridiculous stuff they said when they were younger. Um, and, And we always have a good laugh together about it. And that one little thing just helps everybody's mood and and sometimes the kids will ask oh hey go get that book go get the book let's read this stuff together and we just sit down and read it together Mm -hmm. but they I've also seen them doing that on their own Mm -hmm. so that is one thing I think can help with every family every relationship yes is 
just making a note of the times we laugh together. It's okay mm-hmm. to find joy in the little ridiculous things. And again, it's free, cheap, and easy. I I love doing that, and I, I recommend it to everybody. Oh, I like that tip. I think we will be doing more of that. We do it in our family as well and, and try to you know bring up some of the funny things that my kids said or the way that they said things differently when they were children, uh, when they were younger children, and they, they love it. And they sometimes will just say it to make us laugh, you know, again now. So I love that. What is the resource of the week? Uh, Where do you want people to go to get more information about you and all the great things that you guys are doing over there? Well, the Defense Health Agency has so much amazing stuff going on. Uh, we've we've got, as you mentioned before, we've got podcasts, we've got apps, we've got websites, we've got great programs, we've got Elmo coming to visit kids in the hospital. We've got a lot going on. And you can follow us on social media. We're at Military Health, but also health.mil is our website for the Defense Health Agency. We provide the health care for our military service members and their dependents. And there are so many great resources there for our military families, but also for others who love somebody in a military family. Um, Again, I'll give you all the links to put in the show notes. I do hope your listeners check out uh, Military Kids Connect and kick the tires of Virtual Hope Box, Mm -hmm. Breathe, Think, Do, uh, The Big Moving Adventure. See if that would be a good fit for the kids in your life. Uh, these are, are just really fantastic resources. Everything's made by experts, and it's all very, very safe. Mm-hmm. Thank you for all of those interesting things and this great technology that's been developed so that we can help our kids in who are dealing with all kinds of stressors because of being in a military family, but also for those kids who may be experiencing similar stressors of moving or uh, a parent going away on business for an extended period period of time, some of our civilian families that are dealing with some of those similar types of stressors, but also because we have a lot of teachers and educators and coaches on this podcast listening in um, for them to have these tools in their back pockets really helpful. I just want to thank you, Julie, for your insight and your strategies and for helping us to understand this particular population a little bit better so that we can be more supportive as a community and for those people who are listening who are in military families that they understand that we love them and that we want the best for them and and we want to understand these kids as much as possible and what they're going through as parents so uh, thank you so much for being on the show today it is a pleasure take care everybody well i've got my takeaways and sweet friends i know you have yours let's discuss them come up on facebook we can go to the dr robin silverman page or let's chat about it at drrobinsilverman.com twitter.com slash dr robin i'm also on instagram at dr robin silverman and of course i will be developing memes so that you can share them and uh, make sure that we remember all these great quotes that julie said and if you love this podcast i hope you'll go up to itunes and rate and review it. It's so important for the exposure on iTunes because it allows people to find the podcast, how to talk to kids about anything, so that they can learn about the outstanding solutions and use them in their own homes and communities. I truly appreciate it. That's all the time we have for today, my fellow parents, leaders, and educators. Thank you so much for tuning in to How to Talk to Kids About Anything. For more information on books, articles, speaking engagements, or curriculum, please visit drrobinsilverman.com. So many great podcasts are up there, and the show notes to this podcast will be up there as well. I look forward to weathering the storms and enjoying the sunny side of life together. And please remember, even on the days when you fall short, you've got this. You're here. You're getting the information you need. Perhaps you will have the information for somebody else in your community, in your schools that you work with, that you mentor. And now you're going to be able to say, look, I found out about this tool. I found out about this information. And you know what? You asked me, and I think maybe this will help you. I know it's not easy, but never forget there's always tomorrow. Parenting is the ultimate do-over. I see you, and I'm right there with you. And as there are moments when we doubt our know-how, our choices, and our sweet sanity, please know you're 10 times the parent you think you are. Until next time, this is Dr. Robin Silverman with How to Talk to Kids About Anything. Please tune in again and keep connecting through conversation. See you next week. You've been listening to How to Talk to Kids About Anything with Dr. Robin Silverman. 
For more information on books, articles, speaking engagements, or curriculum, please visit drrobinsilverman.com.